Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 49, on longing for eternal life and the joys promised to those who fight to gain that life. Christ the Beloved speaks, My son, when you feel the desire for everlasting bliss streaming into you from on high, when you thirst to leave that body in which you are now, as it were, camping for a time, so as to be able to gaze on my glory, that glory on which there falls no shadow of change, open your heart wide and welcome this holy inspiration with all the longing you have. Thank me again and again for my divine bounty in dealing thus with you so generously, visiting you in my mercy, stirring you with the fire of my love, uplifting you with my strength, and so preventing you from falling down again into those worldly ways to which you gravitate so naturally. You must not take this favor to be the result of your own meditations, your own exertions. It's yours only because the grace of heaven has come down to help you, because God has looked on you in love. Its purpose is to make you advance in holiness, to make you more deeply humble, better prepared for conflicts yet to come. It is to make you cling close to me with all the love of your heart, to make you long to serve me with willing devotion. There are often fires burning, my son, but not a flame shoots upward without smoke beside it. That is the way with a lot of people who are afire for heavenly things. The flame is there well enough, but they are not free from the temptation of bodily desire. Thus it is that with all the longing they put into their prayers, they do not offer them solely for the honor of God. That is often the way with your own desire. Though you may have persuaded yourself, your prayers were going to be perfectly sincere. But no prayer can be called perfect or free from blemish when there is some tincture of self-interest in it. Do not ask me for things that make life pleasant and comfortable for you. Ask for what is acceptable to me, for whatever brings me honor. If you look on things in the way you should, you ought to prefer my way of ordering things and keep to it rather than ask for the fulfillment of your own desires or for the keeping of something you have desired before. I know what your desires are. I have heard what you so often sigh for. You would like to be at this moment amid the freedom and the glory of the children of God enjoying your eternal home and the abounding happiness of the heavenly country. But the time for that has not yet come. You are still, for the moment, in another kind of time. Wartime, it is. A time of toil and trial. You long to be filled with the supreme good. But that bliss is not to be arrived at now. I am speaking of myself. Wait for me, the Lord says, 
until the coming of the kingdom of God. There is still a time of trial for you on earth. You must be tested in many ways. Sometimes you will be given consolation, but it will not be granted you in full abundance. So take heart and be strong, whether doing or enduring what goes against nature. You have to clothe yourself in a new kind of manhood, change into another kind of person. Often you will have to do what you dislike and forego doing what you would like to do. Other people's interests will prosper. Your own make no headway. Others will be listened to when they speak. But people will take no notice of anything you say. Others will ask for things and get them. When you ask, your request will be in vain. People will say a lot of nice things about others. No one will say a word about you. Others will be given this or that position of trust. You will be reckoned good for nothing at all. Naturally, this kind of thing will make you sad now and then. But if you bear it all without saying a word, you have taken a great step forward. These are the ways. These and many others like them by which a faithful servant of the Lord is usually tested to see how he can renounce himself and break his own will in everything. There is hardly anything in which you need so much to die to yourself as to see and suffer things that are opposed to your own wishes. This is especially so when things are ordered to be done which, to your mind, are quite out of keeping and completely useless. Being under obedience to another as you are, you dare not stand up to one higher in authority. And so you think it hard to have to live your life at another's beck and call and discourage and disregard your own feelings. But think, my son, of the reward these hardships are going to win you. Think how soon they will end, how great is the prize you will be given, then you will not feel the weight of them. Instead, they will comfort you and be a strong support to your will to endure. In return for the free surrender of that little choice you have in earthly things, in heaven, you will always have your own way. Yes, there you shall find all you have ever wanted, all you could ever desire, there, every kind of delight will be yours to have, and you will never be afraid of losing it. There will your will and my will be ever as one, and you will desire nothing I do not desire, nothing for yourself alone. There shall be no one to withstand you there, no one to complain, no one to hinder or thwart you. But all you have ever desired will be there together giving joy to your powers of love and filling them to the very brim. There, for the shame you have suffered, I will give you glory. In place of the garb of mourning, a robe of honor. Instead of the lowest place, a seat in my kingdom forever. There your obedience shall be rewarded in the sight of all. 
your hard penance shall be turned to joy and your lowly subjection receive a crown of glory. During this present life, then, behave, hum behave humbly towards all men. And do not mind who says this or who orders that. But take great care that whenever anyone asks you for something or makes some suggestion, whether he be your superior, your equal, or one below you, Take it all in good part, and with unfeigned willingness, try to do what they say. Let other men have their ambitions in one direction or another, one man priding himself on his ability in one field, another in something different, and getting praise for it any number of times. You must take pleasure in none of these things but only in being slighted and in my good pleasure and honor alone. This is what you must desire, that in you, whether by your life or by your death, God may always be glorified. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How do we go from not wanting to be humiliated, not wanting to be ignored, not wanting to be thought little of, to this end of the chapter where all you really want is to be slighted by others and in God's good pleasure and honor alone? How do we go to being the kind of person that by our life or death, what we really desire is that God be glorified? In other words, how do you go from caring a lot about your own glory to caring about God's glory? And how do you go from wanting almost no glory for yourself or you, you happy to be dishonored so that he might be glorified more? Well, this is a transformation that has to happen in us. And think of St. Peter and St. Paul today. The kind of condition that Thomas Akempis is describing in tonight's chapter, the state he's saying that we can reach, that's the state Peter and Paul are later in their life. Let's start with Peter. Did Peter always want the glory of God? No. Well, in some way he did, but he also wanted his own glory. He would pull Jesus aside and rebuke him, correct him. In front of other people, 
in front of all the apostles, he would tell our Lord something contradicting what our Lord just said. You're never going to wash my feet, he told Jesus. I will never betray you, Peter said. After our Lord said, tonight all of you will betray me. We'll go away. We'll flee. Peter said, if they do, I will even die for you. Okay, Peter was full of a certain kind of self-love. He loved Jesus too, but he had, an, he had a lot of mixed motives. And how did he become the great St. Peter? Well, he had to pass through humiliations. He had to pass through failures, repentance. He had to pass through the suffering of Christ's own arrest, crucifixion, descent into hell. He had to live through all that. He had to live through the, the time on earth after our Lord rose from the dead. Okay, so to reach the state described in tonight's chapter is the work of God's grace. But even more than that, it's the work of the Holy Spirit himself. And there are stages to the spiritual life. There are stages to our detachment from this world. There are stages to our wanting the honor and glory of God. And we cannot rush it. We cannot pretend, be unreal. We need to acknowledge where we are. We need to be truthful. We need to be open, above all, with our confessor. Whatever desires, temptations, strange thoughts, discouraging thoughts, whatever, we got to bring that out. There's no need to lie to ourselves or to anyone else. There's no need to pretend. Religion is about truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. To become a saint, to become what this chapter is describing, requires A, that we have our wills frustrated. It requires that we go through experiences where other people make us suffer, other people disappoint us. It requires us to keep our mouths shut. It requires the Holy Spirit to blow in our souls, to, to make us have a kind of wisdom, a peace, kind of transformation or desires that is a supernatural work. So let us give glory to God tonight for his timetable. His timing is always right even if it doesn't seem so to us. His ability to make things happen at the right time in the right way is part of what we will glory in for all eternity. We thought things were going at their worst. We could not understand why things were happening. We couldn't understand why this person is doing this and doing that. And then later... We realize, Lord, you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were doing. You knew far more than I knew. 
You had such a bigger plan, so many other people you had in mind. And so I will surrender myself to your timetable. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.